AEW is the place to be in this industry. They care about professional wrestling. WWE, you fucked up, man. You fucked up. This is your AEW post-show review and analysis for Sunday, September 5th, 2021. Woo! What a what a show, man. One of the best shows of the year, no question. Let's tap in. Let's cover it in depth. doing make sure you guys go subscribe and follow to keep it real 365 on all podcast platforms what a show man history was made indeed the winds of change is in fruition the professional wrestling world is still a buzz wow man you know tonight was a prime example That professional wrestling sells. That professional wrestling is a draw. No question. The winds of change have been happening for the past couple months regarding all elite wrestling with the acquisitions of Miro, Matakai Black, Andrade El Idolo, and many others. But tonight, Tonight established one thing. AEW is the place to fucking be. If you want to wrestle, and if you love this business of professional wrestling, you go to AEW. You see, Tony Khan, to me, is a king. Tony Khan is playing chess. Why everybody else in this industry is playing checkers. We got partnerships with other wrestling promotions. Impact Wrestling. New Japan Pro Wrestling. GCW. AAA. And many others. They're hopping on the bandwagon. They know what's up. They know that all elite wrestling is the place to be. Tonight, history was made. Tonight, the winds have absolutely swung in the momentum of AEW. If you have not been watching AEW because one of your favorite wrestlers, Adam Cole, he wasn't there, or Brian Danielson, or CM Punk, etc., Baby, I'm here to tell y'all, they're all there. They're all there. Tonight was history making. Tonight was historic. I will never forget this night on Sunday, September 5th, 2021. The winds have absolutely changed in the direction of AEW. And if you don't see that, Something is wrong with you. Period. Brian Danielson is in AEW. 
Adam Cole, baby. He's an AEW too. And CM Punk made his in-ring return after seven long years. And that man didn't look out of place whatsoever. Tony Khan knows what he wants. Tony Khan is for the wrestling fans. The other company out there in Stamford, Connecticut, those fucking bitches. They aren't for the fans. They're for themselves. They're about the money. They're about the greed. They don't give a fuck about us. They don't give a fuck about those superstars that bust their ass for them each and every week. AEW is for the wrestlers. AEW is especially for the fans. I'm over here sweating, y'all, like real talk. Like, I'm not joking. I'm sweating like a bullet, but I love every single moment of it. I got my notes. I'm ready to rock and roll, man. AEW All Out 2021 is going to absolutely go down. Is one of the best, well-produced pay-per-views in recent memory in professional wrestling. Top to bottom, I enjoyed what I seen. QT Marshall, Big Show, unnecessary. We understand that. But it was quick to the point, and it was to a point where I didn't need to complain. I didn't need a bitch. Right? The women's battle royal, pretty clunky at some times. There's one thing I am going to complain about, but it's pretty minor. Other than that, that was a good match, especially towards the end. Kenny Omega, one of the best wrestlers in this industry, going one-on-one with Christian. Christian is trying to prove himself that he can hang with the big dogs in AEW. He did just that with another good match with Kenny Omega. Don't get me fucking started with the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks. I'm not even, before I even go over my opinion of the match, we just witnessed one of the best cage matches in professional wrestling history. If you love tag team wrestling, I'm telling you now, go watch AEW. They know what they're doing with tag team wrestling. They are putting tag team wrestling in the forefront. Pro wrestling, man. That's all we want. We don't want none of this goofy, garbage, clunky bullshit that the E is giving us. Right? It's funny. They give us some good things, but at the end of the day, they always give us some bullshit. Miss booking, this and that. Things that we are going to complain about. AEW tonight. I think I'm only going to complain about two things on the event. And it has nothing to do with the match quality that we've seen tonight. Tony Khan is the king of this industry. Tony Khan knows what he wants and he's going after it. Professional wrestling, the industry of professional wrestling has drastically changed in the direction of all elite wrestling 
Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Turner, a.k.a. the creative king of the IWC. Welcome to the podcast. If you guys haven't done so already, please go do me a favor. Follow the podcast on Instagram at keepitreal365- It's all lowercase. Follow your boy on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, man, I'm actually going to read you guys what I actually tweeted out literally just a couple of minutes ago, and it's getting retweets and favorites all over the place. 24 minutes ago, I tweeted out, quote, Adam Cole wanted his Twitch account as part of the contract. WWE said no. Brian Danielson wanted to work with New Japan Pro Wrestling. WWE said no. Now you let two of the biggest stars in the free agent market walk for nothing. AEW is becoming the place to go to. WWE done fucked up. If you don't think so, you're tripping and you need help. If you do not agree with that tweet, go follow me at JT Takeover. I would really appreciate it. This business, it's a fun thing, right? I got my notes. I'm going to get to it, man. I just got some more things I want to say about it before I get into my notes for AEW All Out. Brian Danielson is in AEW. It was rumored. It was speculated. This and that. We kind of all knew he was going to go to AEW. The thing was, when was he going to go to AEW? We found out tonight. Adam Cole, baby. Was he going to go to AEW? Kind of knew so, right? People were still out there speculating. Always going to return to the E in WWE. E as in entertainment. That's what they care about, entertainment. They don't care about the the second letter in the W, which is world wrestling. Don't care about wrestling. AEW cares about wrestling. That's why they're putting it in the forefront. Brian Danielson is an AEW. Adam Cole is an AEW. Was Adam Cole going to return to the WWE? No. Adam Cole was not going to go back to the WWE. He was doing a contract with the WWE. WWE is so petty. They are so petty. They wouldn't even give this man an opportunity to be able to twitch. How petty do you have to be? Fuck them for that. What's AEW's gain is WWE's loss. Will WWE regret this? They probably don't give a shit. They should give a shit because the pro wrestling world is talking about AEW and not the WWE. Get it together, Vince. Now, again, welcome everybody back to the podcast. AEW All Out 2021. This was a grand slam of a show. It really was from top to bottom. I'm going to give you guys my grade right out of the gate. This was an A-plus show. A 10 out of 10. Five stars. 
Absolutely. What was the best match of the night? Come on, man. It's easy. It's the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks. Simple. I'm going to talk about it. But we started off right out of the gate with, you know, some pyro hitting there. And then we just got right into it with Miro and Eddie Kingston. I thought that was pretty strange to me. Um, not in terms of that opening the match, but they just went right into it. Thought that was a little weird, but I might be in the minority with that one. Now, I got the notes here. So this is what happened during the TNT Championship match against the champion Miro and Eddie Kingston. We see Miro catches Eddie Kingston via a power slam as Eddie Guerrero, or not Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Kingston. R.I.P. Eddie. Eddie Kingston, excuse me, jumped off the apron and got caught. Both men strike each other with some forearm shots, but none of it affected Miro whatsoever. After that, we see uh, Miro just landed a drop kick, which looked really impressive. I don't think I've really seen Miro do a drop kick like that, man. That looked pretty dope. So after that drop kick, he's completely dominating Eddie Kingston at this point. Both men are chopping and striking each other as well again. Uh, pretty much that uh, New Japan strong style that some people out there that aren't interested in that. I don't know why. Is it a little bit too real to you? I love it. I'm a fan of it. So after those, we've seen Eddie Kingston goes for the pinfall, but Miro was able to kick out at two and a half. Fans chanting Eddie, getting Eddie Kingston, you know what I mean, having him come back. Eddie Kingston was kind of getting dominated throughout this entire match, really. We'd seen some offensive maneuvers from Eddie Kingston, but at the end of the day, at the end of all this, it just didn't work out. So Eddie Kingston runs the ropes as Miro is outside of the ring, and Eddie Kingston connected with the suicide dive, which looked pretty impressive by Eddie Kingston there. He then followed up with a successful fisherman suplex, and Miro was able to kick out at two and a half. Miro then landed a super kick, and then he followed up with the game over submission as he was applying that submission hold. And the fans were chanting, Eddie, 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 getting him up. And Eddie Kingston ultimately grabbed the rope successfully as Miro was what as he was able to release the submission hold. Eddie Kingston landed his finisher, and then he goes for the pin, but Miro kicked out at two and a half. Now, the fans ultimately chanted, you fucked up towards the referee, because after Eddie Kingston kicked out of the fin- out of, uh, he landed the move at Eddie Kingston, but Miro kicked out of the finisher. We've seen Miro to the corner rope, along with Eddie Kingston, and Miro low blawed Eddie Kingston, and that's when, you know, Miro took advantage. He got the one, two, three on Eddie Kingston, and he retained his TNT championship. Out of five stars, I am giving this a three and a half out of five stars. Really good match, really good open between Kingston and Miro. Next up, John Moxley versus Shiboshi. Kahomi, if I mispronounced him, which I know I did, I apologize. Smash was all right. Smash was all right. Um, me personally, I'm going to give it a two out of five stars. I just really wasn't that enthusiastic in it. It did pick up towards the end. But after the match, 
I popped heavy for this. So after the match, we see Shikishi appear. The New Japan Pro Wrestling legend, I know I pronounced his name. I apologize. You guys know who I am referring to. You guys watch the show. So he appeared, and the crowd is going crazy. And uh, we see him and John Moxley go toe-to-toe, blow for blow. It was awesome. So that was a one uh, debut there. Appearance, debut, whatever you want to call it. That's number one. So that was some good stuff. Next up, it was for the AEW Women's Championship. Britt Baker, a.k.a. Dr. Britt Baker. D-M-D. She went one-on-one with Chris Statlander. So we've seen towards the middle of the match, we see Chris Statlander going out to the injured hand of Britt Baker. Chris Statlander landed a shoulder tackle. Then Chris Statlander landed a fisherman side slam, which looked pretty impressive. She goes for the fall, but Baker was able to kick out at two. And we see that was um, after that side slam. We see that's due to Britt Baker almost hitting the stomp as she followed up with that. Um, So Britt Baker landed a DDT instead, which that DDT looked pretty scary in my estimation. Uh, Chris Statlander landed directly on her head. So that looked pretty pretty scary. Chris Stalander then landed a side super kick, but Britt Baker then came back and landed a face slam into a face buster on the bottom rope to Chris Statlander. Now we've seen unbelievable strength by Chris Statlander pretty much picking Britt Baker up as both women were on the top rope. Britt Baker looked like she was going to pretty much slip off of Chris Statlander, and Chris Statlander literally kept Britt Baker from sliding down. She picked her up from her strength, and she applied the uh, superplex from the top rope. Pretty good, impressive strength by Chris Statlander there. I'm going to say something. You know, I tell you guys all the time, I'm not a big fan of Chris Statlander's gimmick, okay? I'm a fan of her in-ring ability. She's a great in-ring performer. I am just not a fan of her gimmick. There is a difference. So I just wanted to clarify that for people that are probably going to be misinformed and thinking that I am not a fan of Chris Statlander. Okay? I am a fan of Chris Statlander. I'm just not a fan of her character. So now towards the end of the match, we see Chris Statlander as she was obviously robbling from the suplex and she connected it. We seen then Chris Statlander attempting a jumping back flip to Britt Baker. But Britt Baker moved out of the way. This was outside of the ring. Chris Statlander hit pretty hard. The crowd kind of went ooh and ah. Pretty much concerned. I was kind of concerned because of the way that she was receptive to the move after the match. It looked pretty brutal. At the end of the day, we see Britt Baker. She landed a curb stop. And then she landed the Panama Sunrise. Bay Bay. Maybe that was a tease for Mr. Bay Bay. For later on in the night. So after she landed the curb stomp. To the Panama Sunrise. Which in my personal opinion. That needs to be the one two combo. In terms of potentially ending a match. For Britt Baker. Those were awesome sequences. The curb stomp. Into the Panama Sunrise. Really good stuff. At the end of all this ladies and gentlemen. Britt Baker ultimately retained. 
her AEW Women's Championship as expected um, via a lockjaw submission to Chris Statlander. The star rating, I am getting this. I love that the match went a little bit slow in the beginning, but it picked up towards the end of the match. You know, the middle of the match as well, but towards the end, really, I'm giving this match a four out of five stars. Really good stuff by both women. Baker, uh, who's going to be challenging you? I'll talk about that later. Next up, the best match of the entire night. I'm going to tell you right now, I tweeted this out after this match was over. The AEW Tag Team Championship match between the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks. I did not write during this match. I didn't. Y'all watched it. Y'all know exactly what happened. Okay? Just like I do. This match, if there was a 10-star match, I'm giving this a 10-star match. Oh, wait, that sounds familiar, Jordan. That sounds familiar, bruh. Didn't you have that same mentality with Walter and Ilionel Dragunov? Yeah, I actually did. I actually did. I actually gave them a 10-star match. I'm giving these people a 10-star match, too. This match was fucking awesome. One of the best, well-produced cage matches I've ever seen in recent memory, maybe of all time. Ilionel Dragunov and Walter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You guys had a classic at NXT TakeOver 36. But the truth is, you are getting bumped up to number two. In the number one spot to me, in terms of the best match of 2021 thus far, I'm giving it to the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks inside of a steel cage at AEW All Out 2021. Woo! was this? This was unreal. Like I said, I don't have my notes here in terms of going in-depth into what we witnessed. We've seen thumbtacks. We've seen Panama sunrises. We've seen Canadian destroyers. We've seen a crossbody from the top of the cage from Phoenix. Phoenix is one of the best underrated pro wrestlers in this industry. Phoenix is one of the best to ever grace the ropes in terms of climbing up the ropes and doing moves. Grand Mantalik is great, but he is not fucking Phoenix. Simple. This match was, it was absolutely outstanding. It blew me away. I had my jaw drop from 99% of what we've seen in that match. If you guys missed AEW tonight, please go out and watch it. 10 stars, huh? 10 stars. Yeah, I'm giving it 10 stars. Fuck a five star. This match was absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. And the Lucha Bros popped heavy when they won. The crowd popped heavy for the Lucha Bros. We've seen thumbtacks. We've seen one of the um, young bucks. I don't want to get the name mixed up, so I'm going to call him one of the Young Bucks. He changed one of his shoes into the Nike Jays, man. Shout out to Nike Jays, man. 
He changed into the Nike Blues. He had thumbtacks under them. He had Pentagon's head into the thumbtacks. And I love the other sequence too, where we seen pretty much one of the young bucks. You know, his shoe was on with thumbtacks, like I said, and he was going to ram Phoenix's head into the thumbtacks. But Pentagon being the bigger brother, defending his little brother and taking that hit instead of his little bro. I love that, man. I love that. I have a twin and uh, I have a brother and, and, and I probably would have done the same thing. So that was a touching moment. We've seen storytelling, even though people are probably going to complain. Oh, these were high spots, this and that, woo, woo, woo. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Simple. This was storytelling. Yeah, was it high flying? Yes. But this is the young bucks. You know what they do. You know what the Lucha Bros do. Don't give me that. By the way, I forgot the comment. The Lucha Bros entrance was absolutely legendary. Legendary. Shout out to Rusty, man. The, uh, you know, the artist for AEW. Shout out to him, man. He killed it along with the other people that were singing the Lucha Bros theme song. This match was absolutely iconic. One of the best tag team matches in recent memory. If you didn't watch it, like I said, please go out and tune in. You missed one of the best matches of the year. No question. Congratulations to the Young Bucks. Congratulations to the Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros are actually one of my best tag teams in the world. Outside of the Usos, FTR, the Lucha Bros are literally in the top five with me. We got the Young Bucks. So we got FTR, the Usos, the Young Bucks. Y'all know how it is. So that's my thoughts on that. Absolutely barn burner. I cannot even begin to tell you how much excitement I had during this entire match. Next up was the Casino Women's Battle Royale. The winner is the number one contender for Britt Baker's AEW Women's Championship. Here's my complaint. I'm going to get it out of the way right now. It's me probably nitpicking, but it's all good. What the fuck was up with the people coming out and you don't even see them, right? Because the camera is panned in the middle of the ring, right? The action. Why the fuck are we hearing these women's theme song hit and we don't even see them come out? Why would you do that? So, wrong on Tony Khan for that, man. But this match was actually pretty good. It was pretty good, man. It really was. Especially towards, you know, the end of this match. Ruby Soho came out. Ruby Soho came out. Thunder Rosa. I love Thunder Rosa. Shout out to Thunder Rosa. You being a leader, you being a champ, and pretty much you put over Ruby Soho, that's awesome. That is really cool. And that just shows what a true leader you are in women's wrestling. One of the best in women's wrestling, no question. 
Ruby Soho is here in AEW, baby. Destination. Yeah, Ruby Soho, sweetheart, destination. You have arrived at your destination. All Elite Wrestling. What a big pop when that woman came out. She genuinely looked like she was going to cry. Because she was dealt the bullshit in WWE. Fuck them for getting rid of Ruby Soho, a.k.a. Ruby Riot. WWE does not know talent. Because if they knew talent, they wouldn't have let Ruby Riot go. Ruby Soho. Unbelievable, WWE. Brian Danielson debuted. Adam Cole Bay Bay debuted. Ruby Soho debuted. And they all left the same promotion. Absolutely unbelievable and careless by management in WWE. The ending to this match was absolutely really cool. Ruby Soho and Thunder Rosa went back and forth. The crowd going crazy. Chan and Thunder Rosa. Chan and Ruby Soho. It was an awesome moment. At the end of the day, Ruby Soho actually won this match. Now, my pick was actually going to be Thunder Rosa even before we all kind of knew that Ruby Soho was going to be that Joker card. I want to make a, you know, opinion real quick on the Joker card. People were chanting, we want Tessa. And the other side of the fans were chanting, no, we don't. Man, if that woman came out, the reception that she would have gotten Kind of would have been on some John Cena, ECW One Night Stand 2006 type level heat, y'all. I'm not even joking. People still cannot get over what Tessa Blanchard did. It is what it is. I don't even know why I'm talking to her because she didn't appear. But I only comment on that because of what the fans were saying. Because there were some people actually chanting for Tessa Blanchard as the Joker. Right? And some fans are chanting, no. Like, we don't want her. Get her out of here. Is what it is, man. But um, this was a fun match. It really was. AEW has a bright future in the women's division. It's coming up very, very smoothly. Ruby Soho is now added to it. Ruby Soho and Thunder Rosa are going to be a future AEW Women's Championship match. Guarantee. No cap. So the rating that I'm actually going to give this match... Well, I guess I'm heat, but it's all good. I'm actually going to give it a four out of five stars. Four out of five stars because it definitely picked up towards the middle and end of this match. That's my thoughts on that. Let me know what y'all think. Next up, Chris Jericho going one-on-one with MJF. Now, the stipulation was if Jericho loses... He will never wrestle in AEW again. Yeah, like Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho was actually going to lose and not ever wrestle in AEW again. Give me a break. Shame on AEW for actually making that stipulation when we all knew Jericho was not going to lose. Now, some people actually thought that MJF was actually going to win because, well, he needed it, right? Jericho does not need this win. He doesn't. And that's the truth. 
That's the bottom line. He doesn't need this match. But I actually do not mind Jericho, you know, winning. Because if you guys remember, Cody Rhodes had an opportunity to go after the AEW championship. I don't know who he faced. But the stipulation was, if Cody Rhodes loses, he will never be able to challenge for the AEW championship ever again. He lost, and he hasn't ever challenged for the AEW championship. AEW, when they make a promise, when they make a stipulation this massive, they're going to follow through with it. So why would Jericho lose here? You guys got to think and use your brain. You know what I mean? You guys had to have thought that there's no way Jericho's losing. There's no way. And he didn't. This match was awesome. (laughs) This match was awesome. MJF is the biggest heel in the industry. We've seen the countdown, right? Y'all remember when Chris Jericho debuted on Monday Night Raw when The Rock had a segment. Break the Raws down, the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one, the millennials. Doom, 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 doom with the fireworks, right? Chris Jericho came out. I actually fell for it too. We thought this was going to be Chris Jericho going back to his old days. One of the goats going back to his old days, man. Nah, it was MJF. MJF is a fucking, what a prick, man. What a prick. Tony Schiavone absolutely hated it. Jim Ross hated it. They were all playing it up big time. The commentary did pretty good tonight. They did pretty good tonight. They didn't really botch anything, really. I mean, how could he? You know, how could they? This is one of the biggest shows of the year. They couldn't really mess up. They had to be on top of their game. And they did. This match was great. Um, four out of five stars. At the end of the day, Jericho defeated MJF via the walls of Jericho. MJF tapped out. MJF tapped out. I don't know how, you know, his uh, his arrogance, his cockiness, you know, his personality is going to like him tapping out. But that should definitely be interesting. That should add another layer to the storyline of MJF's character. The one thing that I really loved about this match was the outcome of the first bell rang when Jericho had his leg on the bottom rope and Aubrey Edwards, the referee, didn't look at it. She wasn't paying attention. She counted the one, two, three. Fans booed. Fans were pissed. You know, MJF's music was playing and MJF was celebrating. And then some other referee came down to Aubrey Edwards and say, listen, Jericho's foot was on the bottom rope. This doesn't count. Aubrey Edwards looked, seen Jericho's feet was actually underneath the bottom rope. And the match restarted. Jericho went for the victory roll-up pinfall. MJF kicked out. And at the end of the day, MJF tapped out. That was cool. That was a nice little touch to this match. It really was. So good stuff by MJF and Chris Jericho. I cannot believe this was the co-main event. I got to give this a down, man. QT Marshall going one-on-one with Paul White, a.k.a. The Big Show. This was the co-main event. This gets no stars. I don't give a fuck about this match. This did nothing for me whatsoever. Simple. Nothing. Paul White wins with a choke slam. Simple. That's it. 
Now, I'm going to take a break real quick, guys. I'm sweating. I'm going to take a break. I'll be back in a second. And when I come back, I'm going to be talking about the main event of AEW All Out. Twitter is going crazy, man. Every time I'm reading my notes, I see a tweet favoring my uh, tweet regarding um, the Adam Cole and uh, Brian Danielson situation. That's unreal, man. Uh, I'll be back in a second, y'all. All right, y'all, I'm back. It's time to get into the main event of the evening. Let me get my notes. All right, here we go. AEW Championship up for grabs. Kenny Omega, by God, Omega, the five-star bout machine. I wouldn't say this was a five-star classic, but it was pretty good for a main event. He went up against Christian, part two. The series is actually tied 1-1. We definitely have to get a third. It just makes sense from that perspective. Out of five stars, I'm giving it a three out of five stars. That's still good for me. Three out of five stars. It definitely picked up towards the end. It got boring in the beginning half. The crowd felt it. The crowd was kind of getting a little nancy. Um, They kind of wanted this match to end because they wanted to see what was going to happen after the match. And oh boy. After the match was unreal. We're going to talk about that. Don't get it twisted. So Kenny Omega during the match is outside of the ring. We see Christian going to the top rope and jumped off. And he landed a axe handle to Kenny Omega. After that, we seen Christian was outside of the ring. And Kenny Omega then grabbed a table. And he pretty much put it on Christian's lower body. And Kenny Omega went to the top rope of the apron and pretty much landed a double stomp through the table. Christian selling was really good in this part, grabbing his rib, grabbing his legs. Great storytelling was this match, man. So that was really good. We've seen great storytelling actually throughout this entire, you know, show, man. So storytelling sells as well. Pro wrestling. So I've always said storytelling is a lost art in this industry. That's exactly what it is. So pretty good storytelling tonight especially in the main event. So after that table spot, we see Kenny Omega then followed it up with a sling blade as he goes for the pin, but Christian was able to kick out at two. After that, Christian landed a reversal DDT, and then he went for the pin immediately out of the gate, and Christian was able to kick out at two. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, we see Kenny Omega land a knee strike. Kenny Omega does one of the best knee strikes in the business. It looks so brutal. It really does. It looks like Kenny Omega is breaking the jaws of his opponent. So that's how vicious his knee strike is. He not only landed one, not two, but several knee strikes. And every time Christian's face looks like a crimson mask in terms of, you know, believability, like, oh shit, it looks like he broke his jaw. You know what I mean? That type of believability. So great selling from Christian and Kenny Omega. So after those strikes... We actually seen Christian spear Kenny Omega into the table that was propped up outside of the ring. After that, Christian also landed a spear from the front and the back. And then he went for the top rope to land a frog splash. But at the end of the day, Kenny Omega was able to kick out at two and a half. Towards the end of the match, we see Kenny Omega go to the top rope along with Christian. And Kenny Omega landed pretty much a super avalanche 
one winged angel for the one, two, three to retain his AEW championship. This is a three out of five star match. Pretty good match for the main event, but we're not talking about that. After the match, Kenny Omega talking shit. As usual, the Young Bucks came out. Gals and Anderson, the, the elite, pretty much were in a mission here. Out of nowhere, I thought it was Daniel Bryan, but Adam Cole, Bay Bay, he came out. I, I want to comment on Chicago. I get it. Your guy came out after. Trust me. But fuck, man. It kind of felt like Adam Cole really didn't get the ovation that he should have gotten now from the reactions that both men got. Daniel Bryan is just more popular than Adam Cole. But it made him seem like, it literally seemed like Daniel Bryan was John Cena and Edge debuting in AEW. And Adam Cole was just some dude that debuted that got a, a decent reaction, but not a pop, if you know what I mean. So pretty much uh, you can tell the difference between who the fans like and who the fans all rightly like. You know what I mean? So Daniel Bryan came out after that. Man, pro wrestling industry has changed. I'm not really going to be talking about what's next for both men. Because they came out in the same segment. So we're going to see what happens with that. But ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap for your AEW All Out 2021 post-show review and analysis right here on Keep It Real 365. Remember to subscribe and follow to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, all available podcast platforms. Follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover. The tweets are still going in, man, the favorites. So I appreciate everybody for that. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Keep It Real 365 Dash. That's all I got for you guys tonight. Tony Khan is the king. Everybody else is behind him in this business. The wrestling industry has changed drastically. And pro wrestling is what we all want to see. Professional wrestling is what the driving force is in this business. All right. And AEW is in the forefront. If you missed the show, shame on you. I don't care what you had going on. You should not have missed this show. One of the best shows of the year. And we've seen some of the best matches throughout this entire year. And uh, AEW is on a stride, man. No one's stopping AEW except for AEW themselves. I'm the Creative King, Jordan Turner. Make sure you guys, like I said, support the podcast. I would really appreciate it. That's all I got for you guys tonight. We got Monday Night Raw tomorrow. I will be here covering the show. I like how my enthusiasm went up for AEW and then it went down for Raw. It is what it is. I got to be consistent. And um, I'm going to be back from some new content right here on the podcast. AEW fucking killed it. A plus for AEW. All out. You guys have a good night. I'll see you tomorrow.